Oh, thank you for your riches of blessings, O Master. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to turn to the book of John. Very familiar verses of Scripture. And I'm not going to touch on two things, too many things that's new today. John, the seventh chapter in verse number 37. In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. John, the 14th chapter. I want to read one verse of Scripture, verse number 26, 14 and 26. But the Comforter, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. I'll be honest with you. When, I, when God called me to preach His Word, and I told people, my kinfolk especially, they thought I was stupid. Thought I was crazy. Thought I'd lost every marble in my head. There goes all the success that he's ever done. I was a builder. I'd built the finest and lived in the finest of homes that was in the city. Oh, poor boy. What's he going to do? Preach. Preach. The poor fellow. Poor fellow. But he was my comforter. When I used to tell them what God said, they said, Huh? They couldn't believe that God could actually talk to a person. I'm talking about the comforter. Thank God for the comforter. When my mother died, I wept. I couldn't weep no more. And finally the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, Now that's enough. And he reached down, he put his arms around me, he said, Now, would you stop? I took her. I wanted her. I love you. The comforter. Holy Ghost is a comforter. I wouldn't want to live without the comforter. I wouldn't want to live one hour without the comforter. I wouldn't want to live one moment without that that's securing that knowing that he loves me and it's not just a one-sided agreement and that's what we want to talk about today when I talk to you about the comforter let's lift our hands and love the Lord one more time and ask God to talk to us God we love you we worship you Lord we thank you for your love your mercy thank you Lord for the promise Lord that thou has given us through the comforter Lord we pray help us oh God praise your holy name Praise your holy name. You can be seated. Glory. In the book of Isaiah, to go into the Old Testament just for a few minutes, and uh, 28th chapter, very familiar verses of Scripture. Starting with verse number 8, we'll get into it a little better here in just a little while. For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there's no place clean. 
Whom shall he teach knowledge? Let me ask you the question. Whom can God actually just pick up as a soldier and make a soldier out of it? Who can he actually call and clean him up and set his feet on the pathway toward him? Who, who can he actually talk to? Can God talk to a self-willed per person? No. Can, can God talk to someone that's mind is, cannot be changed or they feel like they got it all figured out? I'll tell you what, the things that I had figured out and God was... I wondered about and come to find out he didn't use my plans that I had figured out. But he said, who can he teach knowledge to? Who can he? Whom shall he teach knowledge? Whom, to whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk or them that are quit being babies? Glory. He said those that... He said, for those that are, them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest. You know, a lot of people think talking in tongues is just a ritual thing. No, it's rest. <laughs> There's a different rest there than, oh, you're just emotional. No, 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 you don't understand. There's a, in times of turmoil, in times of trouble, there's just that, that peace. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from God that, it just, nothing has changed, but only one thing is the attitude and the actions of us when the, the real Prince of Peace comes and gives us rest. For he said, this is the rest. And that's the way he put it. He said, for with stammering lips on another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith he may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. You know, some people have never found out that prayer meetings are refreshing. It's that, it's that special little touch that, you know, when I come to prayer meeting, I said, I don't come to see who's got what on or see who's here, who's not here. I'm, I want to know if he's here. That's all I care about. You know, he's making excuses why all this other thing and so forth. And this is the rest that causes the weary to rest. This is, this is the time of the refreshing. It's the time of separation. It's the time to just to have the God of heaven and you dwelling together and loving one another. I want to bring something here this morning that the Lord has dealt with me. And so the foundation of our walk with God must be dedicated in such a way that our priorities is first number one is the house of the Lord, the things of God, the ways of God. If we could ever understand that, we don't work around everything, then God. But God is the center, and then everything else works around it. 
I'll never forget when I was building this building here, Brother Holder made a statement to me. He said, boy, you must have a good wife. I said, why? He said, man, you spend 12 hours a day up here, and she's not around. She's home. Well, she must be understanding. I said, she is. You remember telling me that, brother? Uh, some people said, you're stupid. No, I want my hand prints all over God's work. Glory, don't feel sorry for me. Because I was enjoying what I was doing and I was loving what I was doing. And she didn't want to disturb anything that I was loving, that I loved to do, that I wanted to do. Because it was the work of God. And so the foundation of our thinking has got to be. Well, I'll give because he asked for me to give. No, keep your money. It's not going to do you no good. You're not going to buy God to begin with. The priorities. I mean, when it gets time for church permitting, I tell the wife, come on, hurry, let's go. Time to go to the house of the Lord. And, uh, and sometimes it's just the opposite. She gets more excited than I do, and then she wants, come on, let's go. Let's get ready to go. Let's go early. And uh, that means go early and stay late. Not go just to be there because somebody says, well, he's not there, so I'm not going to be here either. But the fact is that this is the rest. This is what I love. Not because I'm the leadership of it. Or my son's the leadership. Not, not, that, not that part of it. That, that's not, that's not, that has nothing to do with it. There's something about that you work your schedule around God's schedule. The foundation of our thinking, of our minds, our hearts. I know some of you think I'm just as crazy and stupid. Just think what you want to think, honey. But I love what I feel, and I'm feeling what I love. And I like what, I've, what he has done for me. Glory. The foundation of God. Amen. And he's the chief cornerstone. He's, everything is, in other words, moved from, about from him. And of course we know that the rest is the Holy Ghost. In the book of Joel, and this is very familiar. I just want to, I just, and we'll get into what I want to deal with here. Joel, the second chapter, verse number 28. And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know, somebody said, well, if the Holy Ghost, what makes you happy? Well, God bless you, you know. You've got kinfolk like that. That, oh, if that's what you want to do, well, God bless you. Uh, in other words, an alternative to, in other words, if it satisfies you, well, that's fine, you know. But he said, all flesh. I want you to look at what he said here. And he said, in Joel, the second chapter, and he begins verse number 28, he says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your old men shall dream dreams, and young men shall see visions. You know, I like what... I heard many, many years ago, he was talking about, it was a Church of Christ man that said that only 12 people ever got the Holy Ghost. And that's their, that's their doctrine. And this little girl stood up in a debate one time and said, could you tell me which one was a woman? And he said, none of them was. 
But she says here in Joel it says, And it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And he and spoke about, he said, upon all types of people, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Which one was the daughter? Which one was the one that was the daughter of the twelve? If that was all it was. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, was also there. And if anyone would have been exempt from receiving the Holy Ghost, it would have been her. Holy Mary, so they say. But she was there too. She got the same thing that we get today. And the beautiful thing of it was that that uh, he was no respecter of person. God's no respecter of person. And so Joel, he's looking for the time that he's speaking about this something that would be with him or the comforter. Someone that would help him. Someone that would strengthen him. Someone that would give him that which he needs. Stay with me here for a while. You say, well, I don't believe in all that talking in tongues. Have you ever heard people tell you that? Oh, yeah, I don't believe in tongue talking. And I've had some said, if you believe in talking in tongues, why don't you talk in tongues for me? And I want you to give them an answer, and you can tell them I said so if you want to. You asked them, said, do you believe in dreams? Oh, yes. Well, dream one for me right now, will you? God don't put his evidence of something upon display for heathen to look at and to mock and to make fun of. Glory. I mean, God's no respecter of person. But I want to tell you what. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. It's the only thing that will clean up your life. The only thing that will change you is the Holy Ghost. And the prophets of the men of old was waiting for that day that God would dwell with them and be in them. The Spirit of God was upon them, but not in them. And they died according to the faith of all that they possibly could receive from the Master. But I want you to look at some things here. And he said, and it will come to pass afterwards. That I will pour, it all, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And young men shall see visions. And I, oh, I could go on a lot of things here. I better hurry along. I'll get on sidetracked on some things here. And upon your servants and upon your handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. He's saying that I'm going to give you something that without measure. Pour out means without measure. And so, God gives his glory to the obedient people. You know, people that don't believe all of that is the people that don't have none of this. Well, I've just never, I've just never thought a whole lot about prayer and seeking God and never saw really the necessity of it, you know. All this talking in tongues, you know, I just got it one time, 40 years ago, and good enough, no use getting no more of it. And you know, that's what was told me all my life. 
because I was in a cold, dead, carnal church. They told me it wasn't essential. They told me once you get in talking tongue, one, one to two words. And in fact, my brother, when he lost out with God, and he came back and he shouted all over the place. And the preacher said, man, you got it. He asked me, he said, boy, I got the Holy Ghost back. He said, I got, re I got restored and God refilled me. I said, did you talk in tongues? He said, no, I just shouted. I said, you ain't got it, brother. Praise God. I said, you'll get it when you talk in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. Renewal. Amen. Praying back through. Glory. Everyone say praise the Lord. Stay with me for a while. In the book of Isaiah, I want us to look at some things in the book of Isaiah. The first chapter. I want you to turn there with me. 19 and 20. I want you to stay with me. If you haven't got a Bible, shame on you. If you be willing and obedient. You know, would you give your child someone something that was very rebellious? You had a canker spirit uh, said, oh, shut up. You say the way to win their confidence, just love on them. No, you have to cast the devil out of them probably. When my dad died, my sister, she liked to, she couldn't understand me. I, I hated to see him go. In fact, the last part, I grabbed him in the casket. I said, let him go. Let him go. And my sister said, he always was on his heels. You always did love him so much. Sure, I loved him. He was a daddy to me. He helped me. Uh, he strengthened me. When I needed something, well, he was there. And... But I want you to look at this. When someone is willing and obedient, you know how you can tell whether a person is obedient or not and they go eat the fat of the land? When the Word of God says to do something, you say, hmm. Rip that page out. Wholeness. <laughs> Don't believe it. You think God's going to give you something? He ain't going to give you nothing. It won't give me nothing. You stand there with amazement and wonder, I just don't hardly understand it. You know? Glory. But if someone loves you, if someone loves you, he wants to, to help you to, to give you that which you need. If you be willing and obedient. Now what did the prophet of old say about this? If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. What's he saying? He's saying, if you be willing and obedient, you'll love me, and nothing will offend you. 
But if you, but then he goes on down and says in verse number 20, he said, but if you refuse and rebel, he shall be devoured with a sword, which is the word of God, which just cuts you all to pieces. He said, that preacher makes me so mad. Glory. It's like when the leadership asks you to do a certain thing and you do just the opposite. Glory. Obedience is always, the Bible says, better than sacrifice. And if you be obedient to God, if, he, if you be submissive to Him, uh, you, I was talking a story about loving Dad so much, but Dad loved me too because he knew I was the only child that would, what he would do when I'd, when I'd go see him, he'd have a list of things all wrote down what he wanted me to do. One time I remember he said, fix the horn in my car. The back door's not right. I want you to fix putting another door on the back door of the house. Had it all wrote down. And he said, you think you can do it? I said, sure, no problem. I'll do it. I'd have done it or died. I wasn't looking for any excuse saying, I'm going to be here on two days. But because that, that was what he wanted, that he was thankful that, that I was his boy. And when we become obedient to the Lord, because he's here. I, I want you to have this. This is, this is, I love you. I'm talking about the comforter now. I'm talking about something that, I'm, I know I'm far beyond some of y'all's head. People in the world think that actually a person that loves God is just stupid and crazy. Glory. Never home, never do nothing, you know. Amen. I'm busy because I want to be busy. My oldest boy told me, he said, I told him, I said, I'm going to retire when he just sit down. And, and he said, yeah, and you'd die too because you'd die because you didn't have nothing to do. <laughs> Glory. But I want you to look, I want you to listen to this right here. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land, the very best. But if ye refuse and rebel, he shall be devoured with the sword of the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. It's just that simple. Do we have to have something to explain that? Now let's go into the New Testament. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter. I'm going to hit it from a different approach this morning. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter. And I want you to look at some things here that in verse number 5. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. What he's saying is that I spoke with tongues, but I want you to go farther than that. This is what people don't understand about Holy Ghost filled people, real Holy Ghost filled people. They talk in tongues, but they don't, that's not the end of the road. I mean, that's just the beginning. You know. Let me tell you what my, if I remember right, this is what my wife told me. It's been so many years ago when she got the Holy Ghost. She got to pray the next day and she said, Oh, I talked in tongues today. 
she marked it down she got praying the next day and she said I can't believe it I talked in tongues today too and wrote it down writing the dates and first then she said honey she said I just can't believe she said I get down and pray and I begin to love the Lord and there he is and right down again she was so excited that that it was just not just a one-time experience and that's the difference between a, a, a warm church of the Holy Ghost, a, a holiness church, and, and a regular old liberal church, is the fact that they love what they got, and they're going to keep what they got, because they love what they, the experience that they receive over and over. For the Bible said, for the times of the refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. That's the beauty of it. The beauty of the Holy Ghost is... is it's over. Like the song said, I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over. And it, whoo, that was good. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm sorry, but my wife's the best cook I ever ate in my life. You know how she, why she's the best cook? Because I took her to my mother's house and I said, teach her how to cook. And she cooks just like my mother cooked. And said, so "Was well, nothing to get used to because she cooks like she cooks." And that wasn't an insult. It was, a, it was because my mother was some kind of a cook. And if I'm more liberal all my life, I mean, I want a good cook, you know. And to this very day, regardless when she cooks, I said, "Mmm, that's the best food I've ever eaten all my life, honey." I tell you what, you are. Oh, you're out of this world. You're good. And you know what makes her, she says, I believe I'll cook again, you know. <laughs> like when you get on your knees, you know, there's no God like you are. Oh, you're so sweet and wonderful. <laughs> Glory! <laughs> Glory! <laughs> Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! Praise God. You can be seated. Paul said, I want you to look at verse number five. He said, I would, I, he's speaking about I now, not, not somebody else. I would that you all speak with tongues, rather that you prophesy. Go a little farther. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret to the church that it may be receive edification. Now, chapter number 14 is not the fact of saying you don't need to talk in tongues. It is the chapter of prophecy. Right. In, in the Corinthian church, it was a very spiritual church. They always wanted something more, you know. Uh, how beautiful it is to, to, to get a church that gets hungry after something. And, and you've got to be more hungry than what they are because uh, you just got to, uh, you got to know the answers and the things, you know, to to satisfy what God has given to the people. But he said there was a bunch of people there, the Corinthian church, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. He said desire them. Desire them. Glory. I mean, let me just put it like this. Not in, in, in the 40s, in the early 40s and 41, 
42. The church that I attended was the largest one God Pentecostal church there was in the United States, I believe. Run better than 300 people. It was a very prosperous church. And, but it wasn't a spiritual church. And uh, usually one or two maybe talked in tongues. You might hear one, somebody talking in tongues. And everybody thought he had a gift of something. He didn't have no gift. He just had the Holy Ghost. He just prayed. That's all it was. Though. He just prayed. And the man's still alive today, 96 years of age, still talking in tongues. He told me, he said, I'll go to church. He said, I can't hear very well anyway. He said, I'll just go to the prayer room and then just spend uh, two or three hours in there while I'm at it. How could a man be happier in a prayer room than he could be somewhere else because falling in love with him is just... <laughs> Amen. Amen. But I want you to look what he said. He said, desire spiritual gifts. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, verse number two, speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him how it In the spirit he speaketh mysteries. And what is it for? But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification. Everyone say edification. Amen. Paul is saying it's, it's a fact that, that you've got the Holy Ghost. It's edifying of yourself. Amen. Knowing that God is with you. And, and in verse number 18 of the same chapter, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. He was, he was a man that, he was a tongue talker. He just, he liked what he was doing. I mean, he just, I'm sorry, I just, I'll be honest with you, I just like to communicate with him. Glory. Driving down the road, driving whatever, walking down the street. When I first got the Holy Ghost, I told my wife, I said, now, you all think I'm crazy anyways. I'm going to tell you some truth here. I said, uh, Boy, I love this Holy Ghost. This is something else. And I, I was raised in it, but I never, I never got a hold of, I never seen anyone get a hold of what I was being taught that I could have. And I told my wife, I said, I'm a carpenter. I'm going to build a room on the back of our house. And I said, I'm going to call it our prayer room. And I said, when kinfolk come and don't have the Holy Ghost, keep them out of there. I said, it'll be a Holy Ghost room only, period. And I built it. It was a big room. I built a big room. Something like 20 by 30. Something like this. Big room just to pray in. And put a restroom and everything in it. I said, this is going to be our place of, of communication with God. And in that room. I'm talking about I hadn't had the Holy Ghost on just a few months. But in that room, God showed me the things above this earth and below the earth. He called me and talked to me over and over. The first church that I ever pastored, he called me from that room. And when he called me, I thought, Lord, uh, I don't know anything to do. I said, I'm too dumb to do anything. And God said, depend on me. I'll help you. He was, he said in verse number 18, he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And if a person really gets caught away in the spiritual realm of God, you think, ooh, he's some, he got some kind of special gift of some kind. He's real super spiritual because he got a special gift of some kind. 
No, my Lord, he just got the Holy Ghost. That's all. If I could get some of you hungry enough and get out of your old stubborn ways. Amen. I want us to look at some things here. He said, forbid them not to speak with tongues. Paul said, uh, I, I love this. Amen. And there's a difference in the distinction of the sound. Verse 6 and 7 tells us of this. And uh, this is something that, uh, that, that God wants us to do. And I want you to look at uh, two things that a prophecy, what prophecy is for. It's edification of yourself. And it's also, the Bible said, prophesy edifieth the church also. It does us good to know that he loves us. Amen. Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh unto God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Amen. When you speak in an unknown tongue, it simply means they are, you are in speaking terms with God. You know, say you and your wife live together, and she don't want to talk to you. You're not in speaking terms. People that don't talk in tongues in their, in their prayer life and their walk with God, you're not in speaking terms with God. Now, you may not like what I said, but it's still the truth anyway. Because if he, is the, if he is the comforter, you know, let me just put it this way. A man was telling me a while back, he said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm really concerned about this preacher and his wife. He mentioned their name. This is years ago, years ago. So don't try to put anything together because you couldn't do it anyway. And... He said, you know, they'll drive a hundred miles and never say a word to one another. I said, ooh, that's bad. I said, that's bad. And someone said, what's so bad about that? When you can't talk with communicating to one another, there's something wrong. And if God doesn't talk through you once in a while, no communication, something's wrong. It means that you're not where you should be, you know. The communication, something's wrong that it breaks the communication. If you be obedient and willing, you shall eat the fat of the land. You know, it's like the man that lives 96 years of age, a good friend of mine, known him for a small child, 96 years of age. And this man, you'll talk to him about the Lord and he just, oh. I got talking to him about the Lord a while back, and, he, and I don't know how many handkerchiefs he filled. He just, oh, oh, tell me some more, would you? I want to hear some more. And after a while, he said, he said, he always called me Jimmy. He said, Jimmy, come up here and build a church, would you? He said, I love to feel what you're talking about. I like to see what you're talking about. I like to be in the midst of what you're talking about. He said, I can't find it here. It's not here. glory so you that don't like it don't worry about it you won't get any of it I promise you you won't but those that love it woo! hallelujah 
You don't like the holiness part of it? You don't like the tongue part of it? Don't worry about it. God's not going to give you nothing. You're not going to receive anything from God. <coughs> but if you be willing and obedient, mm, you can be seated. Glory. The comforter. The comforter. I told my wife when this, she was talking, she said, oh, this person, she said, oh, it just broke so much when they lost their loved one. And I said, I understand. I can understand. I can sympathize. But she's uncontrollable. Just, just couldn't control themselves. I said, do you know why? No comforter. No comforter. You got a problem? I tell you what's your problem is you ain't got no comforter. You don't have the Holy Ghost. I mean, you ain't got no comforter. And the reason why is because God's not going to talk to you because you got to be willing and obedient, you know, in order to receive these things. Let me go on a little farther here. I told you about the two benefits. Hey, man, you speak an unknown tongue. Simply means that you're in speaking terms with God. He likes what you're doing. And he's going to speak to you. I don't think some of you like it too well. Glory. You don't get it your way. And the way everybody else told me I was going to get it, I didn't get it that way. I remember, I'll never forget a little lady that came to my church in Mississippi. And he was a great big old, big old boy. And she was about four foot eight. And we invited him to come to church, and and a man invited him to come to church, and he he said, "Now they'd never been nothing but the Baptist church, and never been around a Holiness church." And he told me, he said, he said this person told me, he said, "Come three times, and you'll be Pentecost all the days of your life." And he looked at his wife, and he said, "I'm gonna prove that man a liar." So his wife said, okay, we'll prove him a liar. So they walked down the side of the church. He told me, he said, man, the instrument's going strong. And then he said, I looked at my wife and said, honey, I've never been to church like this before in my life. But he said, don't worry about a thing. I can take care of you. He said, I've been in worse bars than this. And he said, don't worry about a thing. I'll take care of everything. And he walked in and sat down, and I preached, and he got up and walked away. He told me later, he said, I got up and walked away, and he said, number one, <laughs> I'm going to pull that man a liar if it's the last thing I do. So he came back to the second time. I preached again. He walked out and laughed about it, and he said, number two. One more time, he said, I'm going to walk up to him and say, you a lying? And no different from the rest of them. And the third time he came was on a Sunday morning, I never will forget. And the Lord just beautifully just put a halo over the whole thing, it seemed like. And, and all of a sudden I looked back there and I watched him uh, do something unusual. His wife, you know. And they looked at one another. He said... There is something different about this place. And 
I'll never forget, I've never seen one quite like how she got the Holy Ghost. She just came up, looked like a little angel on the altar, and she wept and cried and cried and cried and cried. I mean, just watered everything down and cried. And I told her, I said, just lift your hands. And when she did, the Lord started talking to her so beautifully. No one said, I mean, they didn't, there wasn't nobody over massaging them, you know. So hold her hands up, you know. You know, you're trying to bury someone before they die, really, what you're trying to do. Glory. But she just got down there and just started crying. Finally, she got on speaking terms with God. And when she got on speaking terms with God, God said, it's improper for you to talk when I'm trying to talk. Just hush for a few minutes. Let me talk. <laughs> That's basically what the Holy Ghost is. Just shut your mouth and let me talk. You can't do it anyway. Amen. so beautiful to have the the presence of the Lord with you when you speak in tongues you simply means that you're speaking on the terms with God God is in your house let him speak amen he's in your prayer meeting let him speak amen praise the Lord he changes our life he cleans up our life when he begins to speak with us first Corinthians the 14th chapter verse number two and three he that speaketh in unknown tongues speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Every once in a while, we really see the unusual manifestations of God. I saw it twice in my lifetime. Brother Greg Regan will preach for us Wednesday night. It's coming Wednesday night. And while I was preaching for him in his church here a few months ago in Olathe, Kansas, uh, the Spirit of the Lord just got so deep in there, just... Oh, it was just so beautiful, just so deep. And there's a, a person up there, you know, hand language to the deaf, to the dumb, you know, just talking to him. And finally, that man looked at her, or the one who was interpreting. He walked up to the front where I was at. And so the one that interpreted it, I said, "Tell him to repent." I can't tell him, but you tell him. Tell him to repent, and tell the Lord. Said, "I love you. I'll do what you want me to do." Give your life to the Lord. And I talked to her there, talked to the interpreter for a few minutes. And I said, lift your hands. And he lifted his hands. And I mean, I couldn't communicate with the man. And when I laid my hands upon him, he started, that old tongue that was, couldn't even talk. All of a sudden, just began to talk. In tongues, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And the people walked by and said, man. Wasn't new to me. I saw it before. I knew he could do it. So it wasn't something that he'd done. But he made preparations for the comforter. To come in to, to communicate with him. Glory. It's amazing how God deals with the deaf and the dumb. You know what it is? We, 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 we hear the music. We hear the sound. And it excites us. But to a deaf person, when the Holy Ghost... Mm, and he begins to smile. I watch him. 
They feel it. Then they lift their hands. Glory. God is a miracle worker. Amen. He's a comforter. When you make the conditions with him, he'll speak through you. I'm telling you, he'll speak through you. I was preaching in Missouri one time. One of the greatest miracles I ever saw in my life. There was a man that spake with a, with a sound, a voice thing. He put a, you know, how they talked. They couldn't handle, couldn't talk no other way, but the voice thing that he had. I guess they got a battery in it or whatever it is. And he came up to me and he said, I want the Holy Ghost. And I'm looking at him. I said, you got to be baptized in Jesus' name. He said, I'm ready. Pastor said, ooh. He said, if that gets plugged up, he's a dead man. What am I going to do? I said, see what you do. Get him in the water. Just before he goes under the water, take your handkerchief, dry handkerchief, and just slap it over that hole. And come up out of that hole, come out of that water as quick as you can. Let him throw his hands up. And I said, move your handkerchief immediately. And you know, I saw a miracle that I never saw before in my life. God spoke without that thing there through the hole in the throat. God don't need your tongue. He don't want your tongue. He wants you. He don't want what you can give him. He wants you, my friend. Glory. God wants me. He wants, he wants to be my comforter. Glory. I would say, praise the Lord. God don't need what you've got. He don't need what I have to offer. But oh, I want to be in the middle. Oh, hallelujah. The comforter. Now let me just see. You can see. Let me bring it down a little ways now. You're looking for something as you need something. God said, nah. And you keep walking. You find the thing. You say, I, I just don't hardly believe that. Sometimes you've got to put some stakes down and claim what you want. Glory. Amen. Everyone say, praise the Lord. You can, God knows what you need. Now let me ask you a question. Some of you may do it. Do you? You make up my wife, one thing, she, she will not go with me car shopping. She said, you ain't buying nothing anyway. And I'm not going to be standing there and getting embarrassed while you're trying to argue with them, knowing you ain't buying nothing anyway. So when you get ready to buy one, just go on and tell me what you want to get and then buy it. Don't, don't involve me into it, whatever. She understood that when I went look, house looking, house shopping. She said, oh, this is beautiful. I said, don't like it. What's wrong with it? I said, just don't like it. And then, then I used to be a carpenter, like I said. Then I'd go, we'd go inside, and she'd be all happy because she's going to convince me that this house is a good house. And then I start looking for the flaws. I said, no, this wall's crooked over here. I said, you put a level on it, I guarantee it's, it's crooked. And we didn't go buy a house that's not built right. <laughs> The Holy Ghost is a comforter. It's our protector. It's our healer. It's our 
one that we communicate with. Pat, the, the comforter is what brought you where you are today. I mean, the unseen guest that stood there with you when the doctors were amazed when you began to walk. And that comforter said, Go on. You can do it. Didn't you hear my servant say you'd walk again? That's it. Put your little step foot foot forward. Go a little farther. I said, you're doing it. I knew you could do it. Glory. The comforter. My Lord. I want to tell you what. The Holy Ghost. Love you, it's just a bunch of crackling in tongues. Oh, you're so warped in the mind. It's pitiful. The Holy Ghost is the comforter. Glory. It's the persuader. It's the one that says it's not as bad as you think it is. Glory. The comforter. It's the community. The, the one that talks with you. Impresses you. Gives you direction. And when you're sad, he knows exactly the right antidote to put on you or to help you to... Glory. I, I bought this book, you know, it said as long as you ride in the front seat, everything's fine. I might as well get all your attention on this one. Preacher said he went over to see them and they happened to be 93 years old and he thought he'd stop by and see what how they was going and things were doing. And, and uh, he said he was sitting there and he was decided it was time for him to go, so he thought, I'll get up and pray before I leave. And he started to get up and the man said, sit down just a minute. He said, i got to tell you something. I, I, I need some, I want to tell you something. He said, me and the wife said, we've been talking. He said, we're 93 years old. He said, uh, we've had three kids. He said, ain't none of them any good. Preacher said I had to admit they wasn't. They wasn't no good. None of them was. And he said that the preacher thought he thought for sure that the elderly man was going to tell him how he wanted the funeral and what he wanted sung and the obituary and all the rest of it, you know. And the old man looked at him. He said, "Preacher said, uh, I, uh, me and my wife, been talking this morning. Said about some things." He said, well, good. Can I help you? And he said, well, yeah. I said, I just want to tell somebody. He said, me and my wife was talking. said, you know, we had three kids. None of them was any good. He said, we've just decided we ain't going to have no more. <laughs> Might as well wake you up doing something. The comforter... The comforter is the, is the companion, the one to strengthen you, the one to encourage you. Glory. Praise God. I thank God for the comforter. He gives us direction. The comforter gives us direction. I was getting ready to preach in McGee, Mississippi one time many years ago and I was new. I didn't know a whole lot of anything. And on the way down, I, I had a, just like a vision, just think. And I told my wife, I said, that's strange. I said, I just saw the inside of the church, and 
it's quite an unusual church. And uh, I said, I never saw a church built quite like that church was built. And uh, she said, what do you mean? I said, well, the walls were quite different. I said, it'd be like this sanctuary here. And I said, about a fourth over from the middle there, there was a wall put across there, up and down the sanctuary. They separated. And and I'm standing, I'm sitting there in a the car driving, wondering, what's he trying to talk to me about? And all of a sudden it hit me. I said, honey, you know what the Lord just told me? I said, what? The church is divided. And he showed me the percentage of it that was divided. The comforter. That's what we're talking about this morning, the comforter. The comforter told me. Glory. The comforter will tell you, help you, strengthen you, guide you. The comforter. He's not out there somewhere in oblivion. He's inside. Christ in you. The comforter in you. What I want to tell you, hey, you can eat the fat of the land. Amen. Quit your money grubbing and get, amen, and start praying and loving God, and you can eat the fat of the land. Glory. Praise God. Glory. God knows how to supply what we need. He knows how to give us more than actually what we need. He's a comforter. I'm so glad I can drive down the road and talk to my wife and just, we'll just talk and talk and talk, fellowship, you know. We'll talk and talk. And then we might start praying for a while and then God start talking. Just, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had a dream the other night. My, uh, my wife told me, she said, you had a dream, didn't you? I said, yeah, thought you did. said, I heard you talking. What was your dream about? I said, oh, it was a good one. It was a good one. I said, I was encouraging someone that God would take care of everything. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Glory. When you're when the comforter comes, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. What I want to I want to stretch talk to you this morning. I want to get something out of your mind. Some people think, I got the Holy Ghost, now I can just sit down and you know. Glory. Like some people that get a new house and well, I don't have to clean it for two months because it's going to stay clean for a while. I got the Holy Ghost. Thank God I got the Holy Ghost, man. I just I can just sit down now and let him work with somebody else. When I got the Holy Ghost, I prayed for a year, wore them all out in the office. They accused me of wearing the carpets out. <laughs> They accused me of giving them all bronchitis. I mean, it's just. I mean, call my pastor. He'll tell you all about it. Said, man, he, he's a rough case, that man was. And after I got the Holy Ghost, I went down to the altar the next night and I, I got over in the corner and I said, Love you, Lord, love you, Lord. I guess it's time to go home now. So, and the Lord spoke to me, if He ever spoke to me. He said, The Comforter said, Go over there and help Him. And I said to myself, Help Him? They'll laugh at me. They'll mock me. Here I have prayed for one year for the Holy Ghost, and I'm going over and saying, Come on, boy, you're going to get the Holy Ghost. Don't worry about it. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on. Woo! Get with it. 
And people are going to say, you crazy thing, why didn't you get with it? But the comforter said, get over there. Get over there. I said, well, I guess I could. I'll get in the middle of them, maybe. To help someone. The comforter leads you. Guides you. Glory. Kind of helps, doesn't it, Sammy? I went for a job this week. Holy Ghost led him to the right place. And man said, man, all we can give you is X number of dollars an hour. And man, that was way more than what he was making. Praise God. Many dollars more than what he was making. And he said, I'll just go to work Monday. Man said, fine. Amen. The comforter. I like this song. And he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his own. The comforter inside. If we could ever realize that the Holy Ghost is more than just talking in tongues and you know people say oh you stretch the tongue no I've always told everybody when you buy the shoes the tongues come with it <laughs> when you get the Holy Ghost the tongues come with it and the comforter comes along with it too glory and that comforter wants to just talk with you and strengthen you let me go a little farther. I've rambled a lot here. Amen. God is in your house. The comforter means that God's in there. And when we pray, He wants us to pray. Let the comforter do some talking also. Amen. Clean up your life and He will speak. I promise you He will. It's edification. Amen. You know what edification is? You know what talking tongues is in your prayer life? It charges your battery. <laughs> Glory. You say, well, my battery always stays up. Without using it once in a while, it goes dead. Used a good illustration last night. My son-in-law put some ingredients in the generator to make sure that the gasoline wouldn't clog the carburetor. So he said, if we'll start it up, it'll circulate the gas through the carburetor and be good for next year. So they went over to start it up. And when they hit the key, it went, hmm, didn't do nothing. Mm, dead. You know why it got dead? Common horse sense would tell you, we haven't used it for several months. It was dead. And some of you, when you don't use your Holy Ghost for many months, you say, Jesus! I don't feel anything. You're dead. But when you talk in tongues in your prayer life and begin to love God, it charges your battery. It ignites. It, 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 it gives you the companionship. Amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. Amen. You all get, you get fired up. Amen. And the Bible tells us, and Jude put it in a beautiful way of doing it. He only had one chapter, but he, he sure put it in, in Jude. Open your Bible to the book of Jude, the 20th verse. And I want you to listen to this. But ye beloved, building up yourself. 
building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't see all the necessity of all that. I'll tell you what, it'll sure change your attitude. Glory. When I see someone that's got a smart mouth, I said, Ooh, they ain't prayed for a while. That's right. Because you can't pray and get angry. It's impossible. You can't communicate with him and throw a fit and pull your hair out. Amen. Building up. Everybody say building up. Everybody say building up. How are you going to get more Holy Ghost? Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's why Paul said, I speak with tongues more than you all. I would to God when I was a kid, someone had told me what I've told you today. But they didn't think it was necessity. And that's the reason why the superintendent of the Sunday school got the girl pregnant in the church. Coming to church. Because they let the Holy Ghost down. They laid it down. And the reason why some of you, got, you can be seen, got so much problem is the fact is that you've just set the Holy Ghost on a shelf somewhere. Glory. You know, sometimes it's because of lack of use. Let me tell you a story. In our bedroom, I had a beautiful radio up on the chest there. Two speakers on it. But we never played the thing. And I didn't want to throw it away because it cost $500 25 years ago. Even though it was outdated and that was way before cassette and everything else and had the old eight track. And my wife told me, throw the thing away. I said, what? Throw something like that away? Well, I'll take it out in the garage when I'm working on the old 37 out there. I'll listen to the radio. So I thought, well, it's pretty quiet out there one day. And I said, well, I'll turn the thing on, you know. And I turned it on and the speakers was cracking, you know. I couldn't understand what they're saying. And because of the lack of use, they kind of dry rotted on us, you know. And that's the way some of y'all's Holy Ghost is. Because of the lack of use. Building yourself up. And you know, it's so amazing to see people pray through so quickly in our prayer meetings here at the church. Some of you pray through in five minutes. It takes me two hours sometimes. To... It takes me a long time to get to... Man, I've been mean. Amen. Building ourselves up. To have, be able to have communion. Glory to communion with Him. That's what the comforters is. Wouldn't it be a sad life to live? I'm going to get serious now, real serious. How, wouldn't it be sad that no one understood? He does. No one ever understands our feelings and our ways. But God does. He dwells inside of us. It's called the Comforter. And the Comforter wants to 
If it's active, he'll speak to you once in a while and he'll direct you. And he'll give you direction. He said, Jude put it like this in verse number 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves. I just, <clears throat> I just can't get involved. It seems like I'm just so down. The preaching don't get to me no more. You've hardened and you've calloused your soul <clears throat> to the preaching. But the comforter inside is being starved to death. Something lacking. The thing that really is lacking is, let me just put it this way. He's talking about Brother Milam and praying. I've spent many a night in the old building up there with Brother Milam until daybreak, the breaking of the sun. He'd always want to know, what did you hear, Brother Davis? What did you see? What was it? He was the comforter that came in and dwelt with us. And, and, and that's what I'm trying to bring to you today, that how can you live without the comforter? No one cared for me like Jesus. Sister Mills, come if you would. I want. I want. I'm not through, but I'm going to close up. I, I've I've rambled a lot this morning, but the comforter that the friend I've got, the friend knows exactly what you need. Praise God! So beautiful to have friends like God has given us friends in this church. People that. And love us. Last night, a young man gave me a little present, and I went home and I told my wife, I said, That's the best candy I've ever eaten all my life. I said, That's wonderful. The Bible said, You shall eat the fat of the land. It's not, it's not God's will for us to be poverty stricken. It's not God's will for us to be down and out and all these other things that come along in life. But the comforter. I used to like to just sit down with Dad and talk to him about the old scriptures in the Old Testament. He'd tell me, he said, Adam had 67 boys and he began to call the names of them off and he was a, he was a Bible teacher. I sat there in my seat listen to him. <laughs> Remember one time he told me, he said, son, I had a dream the other night. Tell me about it. He said, I dreamed I was in one of the armies fighting. I was with Israel, he said, fighting against the Philistines. I was out there fighting with them, trying to win a battle. Boy, he said, what a battle we had. But we come out victorious. So wonderful to have the, the comforter. I wouldn't want to live without the comforter. I wouldn't want to live. I wouldn't want to exist without the comforter. I thought that when I got the Holy Ghost, just a few words in tongues, and tongues, <coughs> that's all it'd be of it. But that wasn't it at all. The comforter. The one that dwells inside of us. The one that lives there. I want to give him well opportunity to be able to talk to me and communicate with me. 
God help us. How sad it would be. There was a man that died a while back without God. and His wife got close to his bedside and said, What's the matter, honey? What's the matter? Tell me. Would you tell me? What's the matter? I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid I don't know what holds. No comforter. No comforter. <clears throat> no one to strengthen. No one to help. Because they rejected him through their life. God doesn't know him now. How beautiful it is. The comforter. The comforter. The comforter. The one that talks with us. Leads us. Tells us which way to go. What to do. How to do it. How to live. How to act. To the obedient and the willing. The comforter. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost, God. Thank you, Lord, for the comforter. <coughs> Let's lift our hands and love him, everyone. Let's love him. I love you, Jesus. 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 Summon under the sound of my voice. It's been a long, long time since the Comforter has spoken. <laughs> Such a beautiful gift of God. His presence. How beautiful and how wonderful. Put him aside. The comforter. It's just been so long since I've just just fell in love with him at an altar. Why don't you just pray through? I remember my poor old daddy as I talked to him about what I'm talking to you about this morning. He always taught one time, that's enough. You don't need to talk in tongues no more. But when he got into a spiritual atmosphere, he told me, he said, son, I realize I missed it all, all these years, and I missed it, because the comforter was so real and I didn't know it. Oh, listen to the burden old man today. Don't neglect the comforter, the one that God is inside of you to direct you, to help you. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy, hallelujah, as we of his voice 
need a job, the comforter knows. I need healing, the comforter knows. I need a closer walk with thee. 